Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! His buggers <laughs> over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wow. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is Tuesday, November 28th, 2023, not 2003, 2023. Happy Tuesday to you. It's game day edition of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen all here on your incredibly chilly Tuesday morning. It is cold outside. Very, very cold. And the wind is not helping. That makes it even worse. It is cold outside. There's no other way around it. It's going to be a cold day. It's going to be a cold night. And then I think it starts heating up again tomorrow. But dress accordingly uh, for those that are going to be out in the elements. Hope you're having a great start to your morning Pump for the game tonight, but we're still over 12 hours away from that. But by the end of the show, two hours, boom, snap your fingers. They're going to be gone just like that. Nick Roush, how are you on this Tuesday morning? Glad we got the cold coming in to uh, freeze out the Miami Hurricanes. It's going to be tough for them to play. They're not used to the cold weather, TJ. Yeah, it's nice to have to make them come up uh, in, in November and, and get the, the, the Kentucky winter experience Cats always get Florida in September, but the, the, the SEC did us a favor with bringing the Hurricanes. Uh, of course, the game is inside, but, you know. Oh, yeah. Ooh, you know. Maybe, maybe they shouldn't play it inside. Retract I will roof. say. Open the roof at Rupp. One of my coldest memories actually is a UK basketball game. And I don't I don't know if it like I don't think it would be a record breaking if you could actually have like the top five coldest temperatures I've ever been in. I don't think this would be one of them, but it was like a, a portion of being underdressed and then also it was just a memory that I, I think it was my first game at it was my first or second game at Rupp Arena, but I think it was my first game at Rupp Arena. And we parked far away and I think there ended up being it ended up being cooler or colder than people thought and this was like 1999 or something like that and i just remember walking through those downtown streets of lexington kentucky and the wind whipping around those buildings and being like i've never been colder in my life and being like an eight or nine year old kid but wanting to be like father i need to be like held i'm freezing i'm so cold uh so the wind can really whip around in downtown areas lexington included probably going to be like that uh, again tonight really cold scoots did you have to scrape the car off 
Uh, no, I did not. Thank God it was, there was not frost this morning, which when I woke up and I saw, I checked my app and I was like 24 degrees. I was like, what the heck? I did not wake up early enough for this. And so I look out, look out my bedroom window and there was no frost on my car. So I just, I just had to get it heated up a little bit, which I don't know even if by the time I got to the studio, it was heated up. It was, it's cold. You're right, TJ. It's, it's cold. Yeah, the wind, the wind again, also not helping matters. Roush, how was your Monday? It was uh, very enjoyable for me. I can get into it. Nothing really exciting, but but how was yours? Uh, just a lot of stuff going on. It's going to be that's going to be the story of this month. Uh, just staying busy. The portal cracked its door open to grad transfers and FCS players. So we're kind of getting in on that action as well, getting everything revved up for, for a busy month of December. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I've done the T.J. Walker sleep play in the last couple of – it's been twice in the last three nights where I just wake up in the middle of the night and it takes me an hour or two to go back to bed. And I'm not a fan of it. Not a fan of it at all. Now you get used to it, buddy. I, I got up at like 4.45 and I could not fall back asleep. So I, I, I'm rolling this morning, but that happens sometimes. It's all right, but I went to bed super early. I hardly watched any of that Monday night football game. And while I, my initial plan was to be like, and it was gross and that was a good thing. It does sound like the final six minutes were, if nothing else, pretty electric for those that stayed mm-hmm. up and, and watched it. Not me. I didn't, but uh, happy to see the Vikings take a big fat L. Green Bay is weirdly in the playoff hunt. So I need to be I need to be record watching and, and rooting for certain teams to lose. I, I did not anticipate that this year, or at least did not anticipate that. A month ago, two months ago, but that's that's where we're at right now. So that's exciting stuff. So happy to see the Vikings lose, but it did look like a gross game until the exciting conclusion. That that was my thing. I, I don't know if Scoots watched some of it or not, but I I had it on while I was doing some work and shut the laptop, and it's like, well, you know, time time to go to bed, but. The Bears just kept fumbling the football, turning it over, and the Vikings hit it back. As soon as the Vikings scored that touchdown to TJ Hawkinson, um, I had a friend who he was waiting up all night, just waiting for that first touchdown, and it, it cashed. He had a TJ Hawkinson first touchdown bet. But that happened with like three and change left in the clock. It was like, all right, roll over, game over, time to go to bed. And I woke up, and it's like, wait, 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 hold up. The Bears went down and kicked a field goal and won. That the, the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, Chicago Bears, five fumble fields, went down and kicked a field goal to win the game. How did? How in the world did that happen? Crazy. For what it's worth, Roush, I watched maybe six or seven plays of that game, and I fell asleep on the couch. It was so boring. I, I knew that was going to be the case. I was not excited about the game last night. And I'm glad when I woke up this morning, saw the score, I was like, oh, cool, 12 to 10. Didn't miss anything. Green Bay is such the bell cow in the NFC North. The NFC North is just white paint on the wall if it's anybody but the Packers. I was thinking that last night. I was like, do Vikings and Bears fans hate each other? Like, I'm sure they probably dislike each other. And then I started to think, like, what are some of the greatest 
Vikings-Bears games of all time. And again, I'm sure if you're a Vikings fan, you could probably recall a few. If you're a Bears fan, you probably could rattle off a few. But like, what a what a kind of gross of it. Thank goodness for the Green Bay Packers, because if not for them, who gets excited for a Vikings-Lions game? Nobody on the earth outside of Mike Rutherford. Who gets excited for Bears and Lions? No. And then somehow, weirdly enough, like Vikings-Bears may be even boringer than, than adding the Lions to the combination. So thank goodness for the Green Bay Packers. Packers. You may hate them, you may love them, but you should be thankful for them this holiday season. The the NFC North. No, just Green Bay. Because if not for Green Bay, NFC North would just be so boring to watch. It'd be the NFC NFC East without the Eagles being good. Nobody nobody likes having the NFC East shoved down their throat every freaking primetime game, except for last night, which was a crappy NFC North game, which brings me to that point that the Green Bay Packers are the best. Uh, At least we didn't have to watch the Jets. You know, I I feel like the Jets are the constant standalone team. And they just thought that, like, Aaron Rodgers was going to be rocking and rolling. So they were like, all right, Rodgers versus this guy. And then Rodgers versus him. And then Rodgers. And then he's hurt. So then it's Garrett Wilson and just a terribly boring to watch Jets teams. That that has been a disaster. My Monday was great, Roush, uh, because I pretty much finished the Christmas decorations on the inside, which was exciting. But more so, just... Being able, local radio Monday is what I call when UK wins against U of L in this town, oh, and just have was- radio on different stations, flipping channels, listen to this person cry, listen to this person whine, listen, listen a couple Kentucky shows, listen to this person gloat. Oh, it's just such a fun day to just have the radio on all day. I did. It was hilarious, and Trevor had one of his finer radio moments yesterday, really just the first hour. He was mm, chef's kiss, peak Trevor. It was a thing of beauty, and within 30 minutes, he had called UK fans, between him and and Mike, they had called UK fans rednecks and idiots, and uh, Kentucky, the the better team didn't win the game, and that's why it was an upset. Is because the better team didn't win, and Trevor just went full on seventh grader. I've got my ball. That last point didn't count. In my head, we won, and I'm going home, and you can't convince me otherwise. He was in full delusion mode, even eventually pivoted to the game was totally meaningless for U of L. If, if it meant something for U of L, maybe they would have won the game, but oh, instead wow. they've got bigger fish to fry. Oh, it was just, it was awesome. And then in the meantime, he's talking about how the game didn't matter, but he also like broke his TV or was on the verge of breaking his TV or broke his foot or something like that. He was uh, he was in his feelings for sure, and it was peak Trevor Kelsey radio. Uh, I loved every second of drinking up his salty, salty tears. Well, and we nailed the start of the show. I don't know if you heard the start of Rutherford yesterday. Did. He didn't go to basketball, but he said, all right, we're going to talk ACC championship, nothing but it all week, and then they had to pivot to the Kentucky game. It was funny. It was funny. It, it, it was a good fit. And, again, if you're like – Roush, you know, I think you're you're having a rough morning of it, maybe a rough evening of it. If you're just needing to feel something, I'm not saying it's going to make you feel necessarily good, but if you're just looking – to feel like if you're just having that numb feeling around the holiday season go listen to the first hour of the rutherford show you'll feel something i promise you that it may be anger it may be laughter it may be humor uh i I think that was the beauty of that radio segment is trevor got 
had you feeling a certain type of way. And initially, I was just like, oh, my gosh, Trevor, I love you, but you are the dumbest man. But then I realized, like, oh, he's in he's in one of the, these modes. He's in one of his little uh, elementary school, like, I'm not listening to reasons or facts. I've got my opinion. And I'm not being convinced otherwise. And it was hilarious. It was really, really good. Uh, that was peak Trevor Kelsey radio yesterday from three to six on the Mike Rutherford show, especially that first hour. But yeah, he, uh, Kentucky did not deserve to win. According to Trevor Kelsey, not the better team. My favorite part was, uh, Mike singing. Don't break my heart by Tony Braxton. And I never had listened to the words closely, um, until we, they got to the part where that was, uh, and then you fumbled the ball again. (laughs) The fumble the ball again really made me giggle because, I mean, once again, top 15 Louisville team playing Kentucky at home, quarterback making crucial fumbles in crucial moments. It's almost like we had deja vu all over again. Yeah, stop me if you've, if you've heard that one before. And then now the next time, if ever, UK goes back to Cardinal Stadium, it'll be over 10 years since – UofL ha- will have seen a win against Kentucky in their home stadium. I get why Trevor's so worked up about it. And their notion that they'd rather win the ACC championship game than beat Kentucky is just a fabrication. Oh, yeah. That's it's a coping yeah. mechanism. Yeah. It, it is. Like, yeah, winning the ACC would be awesome, and UofL fans should be very excited about that game on Saturday and wanting to win that game on Saturday. But you all know which one of the two you'd rather have. And it was – Saturday, and you lost it. And to a certain degree, we're going to be the little big blue asterisk next to your record all season, regardless of how it all plays out. You're going to look at that season. You're going to think about it. And in the back of your mind, you're always going to say, well, damn it, we lost to those guys. We lost to those guys. But you can always cheer up if you're a U of L fan uh, by listening to Mike Rutherford from 3 to 6 on Big X Sports Radio. Uh, or, and you don't have to be a U of L fan to do this, but you can listen to Christmas music right here on this very station. That's right. Uh, you can do the WJIE Media app. Download that WJIE Media app, and you can listen to all the Christmas tunes you want to. It's the JIE Media app for iPhone and WJIE Media app for Android. Is that correct, Scoots? Correct, yeah. So Okay, so if you're an iPhone user like myself, JIE, you can listen to Christmas music on that bad boy all day. Yeah, I actually learned about that app yesterday. Troy was telling me about it, and it's pretty cool. It's got all of the stations for our media conglomerate on there, including the Big X, so that's another option to listen to us here in the mornings. Pretty cool. Wow, so you can listen to... Uh, you can listen to Big X and then switch on over to the Christmas music. Oh, that's great. Yep. That's a lot of fun. Uh, so there you have that. Get your text on in to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We like to do the morning grab-and-go segment. You're up early with us. We'll read your text into the show. I'll make an exception for a couple early birds here. Um well, you know what? Actually, I'm not going to make an ex- well, we'll, we'll, we'll We'll get to those because it's a talking point I want to get to. I just don't know if I want to get to it right this very second. So a texture on the Thornton's text line, it's a Plumley bro, says, not sure if this is even a hot take anymore after Saturday, but Kentucky would have been to multiple New Year's Six Bowls by now if they got to play in a mediocre at-best conference that Louisville has been in the last 20 years. Their history has been built on horrible competition. Roush, isn't it like obvious the makeup of this is that Kentucky's in a better conference that gets more exposure and more money and 
brings in better players, which means Kentucky should have better players than Louisville. But the perk that Louisville has is you don't get the same big-time matchups. You don't get all the same big names coming in every Saturday like you would in a better conference. But it's an easier conference. It's easier to win. And you may get to go to better bowl games because of that. But you don't get as much money, and you don't get better players. That's the trade-off, right? Isn't that pretty obvious for the most part? Doesn't mean Louisville can't beat Kentucky. They certainly can. But that's that's the makeup of this. Kentucky's in a better league, going to be tougher to win in that league, but you're going to get more money and you're going to get more exposure and you're going to get better players. Louisville, going to play an easier schedule, easier to win, more wins, maybe even better Bulls. That's just the makeup of these two programs right now. And I think Louisville fans are happy with it, and I, I think Kentucky fans are fine with it too, especially if UK just continues to beat Louisville. Yeah, I mean, look at the visiting crowds that Kentucky plays in versus Louisville. Um, NC State was the only one that felt like an SEC atmosphere. The rest, I mean, you're playing Miami and Pitt in empty pro stadiums. I mean, that's that's kind of how that league operates, right? And you now, what did they used to be on more of an even playing field? Whenever, yeah, great sure. point, great uh, point. Yeah, but like now, especially starting next year, I mean, it's just going to be light years ahead. So. Um, yeah, it's just they're they're playing different sports, and that's why Kentucky Stoops has lost two ACC games since 2015. It was the Georgia Tech uh, triple option team in the Gator Bowl, and then Lamar's revenge game. But that's it. I think he's like seven and one, and or he's he's won seven other games. And when was the last time UVL beat an SEC team? Probably Florida in the Sugar Bowl. Is that it? Well, Kentucky 17 was after that, but like since that, yeah, since no. 15, have they beaten one SEC team? No, because you got to remember they schedule harder than non conference, TJ. They it's important to go get beat on the first game of the year by somebody like Auburn with the Angry Bird helmet or uh, it, it is Alabama <laughs> when Puma Pass was going to make the offense better without Lamar Jackson. And Trevor yesterday, you know, just to try to cope, was like, yeah, you may have lost, but you can enjoy us in our conference championship game, something you're never going to do. Which, you know what, Trevor? You may may be right, buddy. Kentucky may not go to an SEC conference championship game. But one thing that I do know for certain is if Kentucky somehow ever ended up in such a terrible conference like the ACC, they'd regularly go to the conference championship game. And I'm fine with the way things are. That should tell you something. That should tell you something. And he may say, well, that's a dumb thing to do. Well, then why doesn't, you know, why not just move down to Conference USA so you can win the the conference championship every year? Well, that's different. One's a mid-major versus a power five. You're hardly a power five. And once Florida State and Clemson try to get the hell out of there, and it may be sooner than later, at least for Florida State, then you're going to go potentially the way of the Pac-12. Potentially. Another texter. Or go ahead. I was just saying, it's going to be funny that getting to the playoff will be easier than going to the SEC championship game. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it <laughs> definitively will be. And, yeah. again, that that may be a nice thing for UVL. If the ACC can stay afloat, continue to stay afloat, which they probably will for a little while, I don't know if they will forever necessarily, then that could be their avenue. Hey, let's win a week conference and get our, get our seat at the table. But I still – and that would be cool. I want to go to the college football playoffs. I wouldn't blame Louisville fans for being excited about that one bit. But you know you just get wrecked in the first game by probably an SEC team. But that 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 is fun. 
I think Kentucky fans find maybe a little bit more enjoyment in like the regular season and having Alabama come to town. And unfortunately that was a blowout. It should have been a more competitive game, um, but you have fun in those matchups, Tennessee coming to town and those college football Saturdays where U of L it's more, yeah, you know, Boston college game, not that cool, but a win could get us to a better bowl in, they, they play more for like the postseason. I think Kentucky plays a little bit more for the regular season. That's just the way the, the conference makeups are. That's the same for a Florida. That's the same for a South Carolina versus a Florida State and a Clemson. ACC, you look big picture at the end of the season. SEC, it's just the meat grinder throughout September, October, November. And, I, and I'm okay with that as a UK football fan. I wouldn't want it differently. And I know there are some UK football fans out there that are like, I just want to win. I, you know, I don't care if it's 12-0 and 0 against cupcakes. I just want to win. That's fine too. You're entitled. You're you. You're entitled to that opinion. But Kentucky's never leaving the SEC, and the SEC's never getting bad at football. So yep. those are two things that we just have to get in our brains as realities. And instead of like crying and whining about it, which is kind of sometimes frustrating with Stoops' comments, let's realize the challenge and get after it. I think ultimately Stoops does, um, but he he didn't have his best talking season this past year. No, no, he's had he's had better talking seasons. <laughs> Than, uh, like, but, than this time. but I did think that, uh, um, you know, maybe we can get to a breaking into it more or just say I, I thought his coach's show uh, went better than anticipated um, where, you know, he wasn't trying to dodge it. He mentioned that, you know, he doesn't like talking about it out of respect for the programs, but um, he was pursued for another opportunity. Um, and ultimately, he's right where he wants to be and he's happy to be at a place that's all alive. Instead of a mess. What a mess. What a mess. Yeah, and he doesn't have to do stupid little dances or cheers or like, you know, Texas Aggie jigs or whatever the dance moves they do down there. So, did you, um, did you listen to any of his call in show last night? I I read the transcript of it. So, no, I did did not listen live. So, there was a, um, I was surprised at the, I don't know. When you're online, it's hard to gauge what people think about all of that, especially for a story like the one Saturday night that was so online, right? Like you, you wouldn't have even known it if you weren't uh, hitting refresh Saturday night. You would just assume Stoops' name was in for the Texas A&M job, and he ultimately decided he's not going there. Um, but I, I, I just wasn't sure what the 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 reaction would be and it ended up turning into like you know the two calls that i heard were just like overjoyed thanking stoops for for staying and uh there was one guy thanking him for letting him go talk trash to his preacher who's a louisville fan and you know it's just like ah all right good like that you know you you, sometimes i feel like i'm too online so that it felt like a it was a nice sort of reprieve from just you know "Ah!" that we (laughs) sometimes get online yeah, yeah, but if you can't enjoy the last few days online as a Louisvillian Kentucky fan or a Kentucky fan living in Jefferson County, whichever way you want to phrase it, then then you just need to get off the internet. These oh, have been the fun man. days online. Seeing old deputy doofus try to investigate everything that was wrong with the game. Uh, he's already laid down a conspiracy theory for U of L not getting to the Orange Bowl, saying that. NC State's president or athletic director is on the college football playoff committee 
because that is an avenue, by the way. We, we talked about UofL's Orange Bowl avenues. They're, they're I think they're like 98% in. I think there's like a 2% chance they wouldn't get in. And those 2% chances, one, Roush mentioned it, Florida State goes undefeated. Maybe they beat UofL on like a last-second miracle field goal, 3-2 to two or something totally ugly. And the committee's just like, yeah, we're not putting you in. I know you're undefeated, but we're not doing it. I do not think that happens, but – there, I, it's not impossible per se. So I would give that like a 1% chance. And then the other chance is maybe Florida State beats Louisville like 30 to 10 or beats them pretty good. U of L drops so far in the polls that NC State jumps them. And then NC State would get that Orange Bowl bid. So Deputy Doofus has already laid the seeds that NC State's AD or president, I don't remember which one it is, is on the college football playoff committee. And if you just be on the lookout for that. If something if funny business happens, well, you know what, UofL, maybe don't lose your last two games and lose also to Pittsburgh throughout the season, and you wouldn't have to worry about NC State jumping you at the at the last minute. I still it's don't really- think that happens either for what it was. I, I think the college football playoff rankings tonight are going to have UofL 16 and NC State 19. And would UofL drop four spots with NC State not playing – because of a loss to Florida State. I don't think so. I don't think so. Not impossible. It's going to be really interesting to see where the committee puts U of L and NC State tonight. Uh, how much is U of L punished for their home loss to Kentucky? Which, if you're U of L, shouldn't you be like, Kentucky's a good team. They're SEC. They're, they're, their losses, all of them are, are really good losses, except for the South Carolina one. Oh, you should be promoting us. Not, not a bad be, loss. That's going to be really funny to hear them like, have to say nice things about Kentucky in order to. Oh, they won't. They won't. But if they drop too far, they're going to get like that's going to that that's going to be the best. If they drop like eight spots or something, and they have to be like, we drop for a seven point loss to Kentucky, and we'll be like, ah, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good loss or bad loss, good loss or bad loss. Like, and also this idea that like Louisville just fumbled the game away. I mean, they did fumble several times. How about a little credit for Kentucky and U of L's defense just collapsing like you wouldn't believe. What Oh, I believe Kentucky, it. Though. Kentucky hardly had even work for their drives, Roush. You know, they were all just kind of bang bangs. That's not good. That's not being a good team. And that's not necessarily being lucky, just having Ray Davis bounce off one of your defenders on fourth down. Be better. Be stronger. Learn to tackle. A texture I mean, on the thorns. Oh, go ahead, Brush. I was just going to add that I, I think Kentucky had more explosive touchdown plays in that game than they've had in the last month. So, yeah. oh, yeah, it was electric. What made for such a great game. I mean, all season we've been wanting the offense to like be explosive. Any play could be anything exciting and just far too much this season. That wasn't the case until we got to play against an ACC defense. And then, bada boom, bada bing, our wildest dreams came true. Uh, with that, but that that is all to say that like you know offense does need to be better next year. And there's so many question marks. And Ray Davis did cl- declare for the draft. I think Roush said as much yesterday that that was going to happen or would happen or maybe he said it last week. But Ray 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 Davis is gone. Everybody, he's gone and he's not coming back. Uh, but in all seriousness, it was a hell of a one season for him. He was really fun to watch. I do think he should have gotten the ball more down the stretch of the season. But all that to say, it ended well with a Governor's Cup victory. And Roush, we need to probably take a break, but like, who in the heck is going to run the ball for UK next year? I read your post over at KS, KSR plus plus plus, and uh, I've got some further questions for you. Ooh, okay. Let's okay, take a break. We'll come back. 
We'll get we'll continue the football discussion, but uh, not sure if you all were aware it, there is a pretty colossal basketball game this evening. We'll try to get to a few more grab and go Thornton's first segment texters. You get to Thornton's before you head into the office today. Get you a coffee, a large soda, eighty nine cents for thirty two ounces. Breakfast sandwiches, fresh fruit, the best bananas in all Louisville are at Thornton's. Check them out today and then download that app, become a Refreshing Rewards member, and you will save money at the pump each and every day. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. We'll come back. This is a big show today. Back after this. Dexter says, Nick Richards got his first career NBA start on Monday. 12 hours before, Trevor asked, what's he up to nowadays? Gosh. Still can't even admit how wrong he was in that discussion. He was definitely not looking for y'all to say that he was in the NBA. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I was <laughs> I was talking about that specific moment, that game, that yeah. one season. He was kind of, I was saying he could be as good. No. <laughs> Scrambled mode. <laughs> Welcome back, Kentucky. You don't need the double point, Scoots. It's all the first one. Take it easy. Welcome back. Wow, double pointed you. I don't need the double point in the morning. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, best producer with the double points is Justin Kalen on your. What's one point without another? You know, you, you got to have both points. It just the double point just felt aggressive and uh, rude. Like, no. you know, was, the first one was like, hey, we're on. And then the second one was like, <laughs> just think of it as like finger guns. That's that's all I was doing. Yeah, you did double shot. You, you <laughs> shot me twice. I didn't need it. I didn't need it. Uh, welcome back. Big show today. Cat's sake on Miami. We're going to talk pretty much all about it. Uh, besides probably continuing this football conversation for another few minutes or so. Uh, but we're pumped. 730 Rupp Arena. Number 12, Kentucky. Number 8, Miami. And it's a, it's a big one for the Cats. Two teams that are similar. The line came out. Kentucky a six-and-a-half point favorite. Over-under, I think, was 163, maybe. Uh, both those, the, the line has gone down. The total has gone up. But we'll talk more about that here in a moment. Keep the text coming into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. But Roush, yes, Ray Davis leaving Running back room looks questionable for next season. What is Kentucky going to do? I think they're going to get a transfer. Um, now, can it be a productive back as Ray Davis was? I don't know. Uh, it's just for – it's a fluid situation, and I, I, I think – what I can glean from it, uh, a I, I don't know what Lavelle Wright. He's he's a number. Um, I you know I just I don't know if what's going to happen with him. He had a severe injury ahead of the season, had surgery. Um, I believe he's been there for four years. So I I don't know if he's going to stay or go. Jatan McLean could go. He didn't go through senior day, um, even though I think he was eligible to. So I don't know what he's going to do. But really, Demi Sumo Carmbe is your only guy with as you've seen take substantive carries 
right? So you're going to have to go out and get some more. They're recruiting two freshmen, and they've got Jamarion Wilcox in there. But can you – like, I, I, I like the gets, and you hope that at least one of those guys – at least I feel that one of Jason Patterson or Tavani Mizell is on the hit. But are they going to hit as freshmen? So that, that's the part where I, I've just – portal's got to be the way. Now, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how Kentucky's budgeting this – um, Stoops won't go on record. I, I'm trying to kick the tires behind the scenes on where the priority positions are. That It's clear they're going to get some receivers um, because depth there has just been an issue um, with a ton of underclassmen. So I, I think you'll see some of that. And offensive line, a lot of it's going to be dependent on what does Marcus and Eli Cox do. Um, Stoops essentially kind of gave him the week to figure it out. Um, before the portal opens so they can have their ducks in a row. Um, but that's going to determine how hard they push for another offensive tackle in the portal. Um, I, so, but to, to go back to it all, I, mean, I don't, I don't think it really matters in the running back room. They're going to have to get one. They just, they have to, they got to find somebody with some, some proven college production to add to that room because they don't, they just don't really have any right now. What about Ramon Besides, Jefferson? Did he graduate? Yeah, he okay. and he looked good there at the end of the year, but yeah, he had to get a waiver just to be able to play this year. Um, Liam Cohen recruited him in Maine in 2017, so he's old, very old. Yeah, he actually did show some flashes there. Uh, yeah, all right. So first, with a couple different things, we could probably have a longer football discussion today. It's good. It's good to be talking football, um, but we need we do need more basketball talk today. But that being said, first with the running backs, yeah, you you got to figure something out because the other running backs combined for seventy carries. Ray Davis had one hundred and eighty six. I mean, yeah. that is significant. It almost feels like more significant than even the Benny Snell and Chris Rodriguez eras where you were looking at the drop-off between one running back to the next. And maybe last year's numbers were skewed a little bit because Chris Rodriguez had to obviously miss some time. But I just – I don't know. That seems like a significant drop-off. Ray Davis had over 1,000 yards, almost 1,100 yards rushing. The next person didn't have 200 like, you've got a lot of production that you're going to have to replace in the rushing attack. So it's not just you need to go get somebody. You need to go get somebody good. And I do think that, like, the idea that you could go get another Ray Davis is probably not on the table. But you need to get somebody at least in his neighborhood or at least in the subdivision over. You've got to get some a quality back that can take some hits because I'm not so sure that Demi can do it. I'm not so sure that Jaton McClain can can take those hits. I do like those guys in the passing game, and I think like what you do with the running backs in the passing attack next year is good, but that leads me to my next point. All right, so you got to go get a good running back out of the portal, Roush. We know that you've got to go get a good quarterback out of the portal. You've already said that they need to add wide receivers for depth out of the portal. Why does this feel more like a rebuild than I thought it may be? Um, for a seven and five, you know, year. Yeah. But I mean, um, think about that. You got to go get a quarterback. You got to go get a running back. And then I don't know if you're going to have to go get like an all-star receiver, but you're going to go need to get at least a number three, maybe a number two, but at least a number three. And that you're fine at tight end, and then yeah, you maybe you maybe need to plug an offensive lineman. But I think almost majority of teams on their offensive line are going to want an upgrade somewhere yeah. or yeah. depth somewhere. So I, right. I don't I, that you know that's no big deal there at the offensive line, in my opinion. 
and they took and they took steps forward this year, and hopefully they'll take a bigger step forward next year. But wide receiver, running back, quarterback, I'm told that those are significant positions in college football. Yeah, I was just a little stuck on your um, uh, bigger rebuild than you expected because that that's kind of one of the things that has um, has had me worried the last month or so of the season. I mean, you know, really after the South Carolina game, it was even more so abundantly clear. But you had a patchwork offense that was also kind of just temporary. Um, there was the stat that in the 19 and 20 recruiting classes, only Eli Cox is starting on offense. And they signed like – Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they just they, – they had a lot of big swings and misses on the recruiting classes in those years. So, you have to make up for it in the portal. And that that's really the biggest question going into this offseason is how can you trust whatever portal ads they get, right? Because – you thought they checked all the right boxes last year, but you don't really know until you know. Um, unfortunately, Ray Davis uh, was better than what we expected. But, yeah, I, if, if I'm going to be play an optimistic person, which I typically do, uh, running back, running back some receivers, those are pretty common in the portal. Like You, you, can, you can find plenty of them out there. Um, the one that I, got, I do think a lot, I'm just – I'm going to hinge a lot of next year on if Marcus Cox is back or not because he was solid all season long, and another year with him would do a lot of good instead of having to kind of roll the dice because uh, you've had Cortland Ford getting another year um, to to learn and like get comfortable within the system. You you think he's got some good football on him. Um, you felt like that was a good get out of the portal, but that's probably just about the t- type of player you can expect to get from the portal in the offensive line, especially at tackle is here's a solid rotational piece that you can hope becomes a, a a decent starter. And it's going to be hard to keep doing that. Right. Cause, cause yeah. a lot of people want those players. To That's putting yourself in a tough spot. And if it only takes one year to strike out where it could be bad, like it could, it could just be really, really good. So or really, really bad, I should say. So you're really kind of playing with fire there. I, I don't, I, I don't love that. And then also to be optimistic when I'm talking about like what you're going to have to do the, the pieces you're gonna have to bring in and some of the areas you can't miss. Yeah. Running back, but Roush is right. I think great. I think we thought that the production was going to be, he was going to be the guy getting the majority of the carries, but it was going to be spread around a little bit more, but he was so good that it ended up not getting spread around a little bit more. All right, well, let's see, go get a running back then. If that's what you got to do in the transfer portal, you're Kentucky, then go do it. Go get a, go get a running back in the transfer portal that we feel good about. Roush is right that they're a little bit more dime a dozen than offensive linemen. And then quarterback, first and foremost, are you, definitive that Leary won't be back like can you put a percentage on yeah. it for our care okay he's gone uh, yeah, all right I'm so not... he'll be gone but we thought that like we thought it was going to be a one-year sort of deal at quarterback we thought that was going to be kind of a plug and play you got fun wide receivers let's go get somebody that we feel good about and here's the optimistic spin on the Leary take is you can go get somebody better than him, Roush. Like, you can definitively go get somebody better than Devin Leary. Will they be as heralded or maybe have some of the numbers that he had? No, but Will Leviston have the numbers that 
that Devin Leary had, and he was a much better college quarterback than Leary was. And Leary made some really, really nice throws, and sometimes seeing those really nice throws made his overall year at Kentucky more frustrating because, like, where was the consistency with this stuff? And then the ball's getting tipped down, which was still an issue on Saturday as well. So, like, while I'm saying, oh, you may need to go get wide receiver pieces and you got to go get a great starting running back and you got to get a quarterback. Well, wide receiver could be, again, there's wide receivers everywhere. That could be quality depth, could make that room a lot better next year. Quarterback, you can go get somebody better to make that play better, which overall could make the team a lot better. So, while it can be like, oh, no, we're in the middle of a rebuild, it also could be, all right, we can go plug in some really important pieces here and make this a better football program than it was. It's just what they do in the portal, Roush. It's why this time of the year is just so freaking important. And you want to keep guys that you want to keep, and then you got to have a proper nil set up to bring in the guys that you want to bring in. They were able to do it with Leary last year. Hopefully they're able to do it with a quarterback again, and they're going to need to be able to do it with a running back. It really is almost like an NFL. It's like, all right, who are you going to get in free agency? Well, you know, do you want to draft a quarterback? Do you want to go with some of your freshmen or maybe some people that are already in-house, or do you want to go sign one? Well, in Kentucky's case, we got to go sign a quarterback. I don't want anybody that's already in-house. No offense to those guys. Maybe some of the young guys end up being those guys, but I don't want them as freshmen. And then, yeah, you're going to need to go sign a running back definitively. You're going to need to go get one of those, uh, um, somebody that can take some hits and deliver some punches. My question for you, Mr. Sports Soccer, Um there was a big name that came in the portal yesterday, Will Howard. I've heard it's a lot of Michigan State talk for him. I'm not really sure why, but he helped Kansas State get to a Big 12 title a year ago. Um, there were Will, Will Rogers whispers last week. What are your thoughts on Mr. Rogers? Meet that Rogers. Howard or Rogers? Or both? Meet the Ro- Rogers. Because um, that, that was the one where people in Starkville thought he was going to end up at UK. I'm I'm totally out on Will Rogers at Kentucky. Okay. No, thank you. Yeah. I I I didn't think he was that good at Mississippi State um, in an air raid. Just didn't seem like he made a lot of difficult throws. All systematic, just scheme stuff, which is fine and yeah. good. But oh gosh, I've got a bossy little two-year-old coming over oh, here holding no. me on the radio. You're yeah. in trouble, Mr. Sports she said. Doctor. She said that you're Lucy. Are you a radio star? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, my name's Lucy. I'm a radio star. Oh. Okay, almost. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I'm out on Will Rogers. Couldn't be more out on him. Yeah, and especially when you think that there's going to be a lot of big names into the portal. The, you, it's really funny to see all these national media folk like. Uh, the portal's going to be crazy. The quarterback's going into the portal. Wait till you see the quarterback's going into the portal. Uh, okay, well, it's going to start next Monday. Here's And uh, it's going to be fun. Here's the thing with the quarterbacks. I, if I'm Kentucky, if I'm a Kentucky fan, I want a quarterback from a traditional football school, right? I mean, we, we did the thing where we got Will Levis from Penn State, and Will Levis worked out. Even though he was a backup at Penn State, he worked out. Then you go out and you get Devin Leary from NC State, who they're not a traditional football powerhouse. So, And that didn't work out. Well, I mean, you could argue it kind of worked out. But if I'm a Kentucky fan, I want a quarterback from a traditional football school that I know has gotten good coaching, understanding of the system, and what he needs to do in terms of college play moving forward. That, that's who I would want. The, um, the other thing, too, is do you do one year or two and – 
I get the sense that they're going to go after a guy who can be here for multiple years. That's a good you know? question. Yeah, because it's not a knock on Cutter Bowley, but you'd be putting a lot of chips in his basket. Uh, and if he's not ready in 2025, then that could be trouble. You know, So that, I think the goal is to get somebody who could be a multi-year guy. Everybody's got to make their they, – they've either got to be a Stone Saunders guy or Cutter Bully guy. And I, if you don't really make your decision by the spring, then you're a fair-weather freshman quarterback fan. So you got to pick one. I think I'm a Saunders guy, weirdly enough. Just, I don't know. Like a guy named Stone sport. Saunders is not going to fail. You just can't. Like you can't. If you're named Stone Saunders, you're not allowed to. Uh, I, I like that. Also, no, no thank you, Tyler Van Dyke. No, thank you. By the way, TJ, you you brought up at how it kind of felt like a rebuild for Kentucky. Isn't with the day and age we're in with the transfer portal and all that, isn't doesn't every team kind of have to rebuild and retool and find new guys to fill slots? I mean, maybe not degree, may, maybe yes. not to this magnitude, but yeah, I mean, I feel like there's every team in the country is going through somewhat of a rebuild. No, you should be. Like you should never just accept that like, well, we're going to be bad at cornerback this year. Be like no, and go, let's go find some cornerbacks. Let's at least get some fresh blood in here uh, that we feel better about. You should never – no program should ever just wave the white flag on a position in the age of the transfer portal. That being said, you're going to get burnt and you're going to come up short on some ends. I just think a year where you've got one of the lead football riders for the team saying like, yeah, well, they're going to have to get a quarterback and they're going to have to get a running back number one and they're probably going to need a wide receiver number two or wide receiver number three. That's just like, whoa, hold on a second. Like that that's a – those are significant pieces we're talking about here. So I think it's maybe a little unique in this instance, but then again, three out of the last four years, Scoots, UK's had to go get a quarterback out of the transfer portal. Um, they've gotten wide receivers out of the transfer portal. Tavion Robinson, obviously, uh, two years ago. So it, it's it's things that aren't – so yes, you're right, but I think it, it kind of also snowballed a little bit this year. Well, at least count your also, blessings that we have a transfer portal because, what, five, six years ago before this was an option – you've got to count on getting those guys in as freshmen, whereas now you have the option to hit the transfer portal and find those pieces that you need. So it's really yeah, been Stoops good for a lot bad, of teams. Stoops had bad quarterbacks for, like, mm. the first five years yeah. of his. Yeah, and, and that's that's really to answer your question, Scoots. It doesn't feel like a massive rebuild if you have a quarterback coming back. I mean, that's true. full stop, you know. And this is like one of my biggest takeaways from this season. People had their takes on Will Levis, positive, negative, whichever side of the aisle you want to go on. I mean, I don't know how you could be all that negative about him, but you could think that the second season was a little underwhelming, whatever. I, just get an NFL quarterback, somebody that's got NFL potential under center at Kentucky. Like, is that as simple as it is in college football, Roush? And that may be a no-doy comment. They're like, yeah, get a quarterback that's going to play on Sundays. But, like, that's what I think Kentucky kind of almost needs to shoot for, where – it's like with Calipari in basketball. I tried the getting the grad transfers and the veteran players and the old shooters, but at the end of the day, I just need sheer talent, baby. Is that what it is at quarterback position to win in college football? You just need talent at that position. That's almost what I'm leaning towards. And we only got about 30 seconds, but just go get somebody yeah. that's got some NFL potential. Get a good quarterback. You haven't had one in 13 years. I mean, uh, Will Levis was a good quarterback. He, I mean, he's, you still haven't had a 3,000 yard passer in the Mark Stoops era, and that's not a crazy. You're right about that. 
Yeah, no, you're right about that. But get somebody with NFL potential. It just makes it more fun. Devin Leary didn't really have that. And I think at times you saw that as each and every ball was getting tipped. Hour number two, nothing but basketball talk and the Thornton's text line when we return here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, I'm TJ Wall. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ, Justin Kalen. And for the next several weeks, you're going to hear the phrase... Stocking stuffer more than you probably care to, and especially in correlation with Shady Rays. The perfect gift for stockings all throughout the country. Stuff them, baby, with some Shady Rays. 40% off with the promo code Big X at checkout. They were doing a uh, Cyber Monday deal yesterday, 60% off. They're always doing something, but you can always lock in that beautiful 40%. That's what we love, the 40%, with the promo code Big X at checkout. Go to ShadyRays.com and know that every time you buy around this holiday, season you're helping feed hungry folks throughout the country with feeding america that's right every pair of shady rays that you buy they're given back to make sure that people with food insecurity throughout the country are going to have full meals full bellies that's a uh, makes you feel a little bit better purchasing with shady rays shadyrays.com promo code big x for checkout at checkout with checkout does santa Stuff stockings at the Walker household? They get stuffed. They get stuffed real good. Candy, presents, you name it. Mm. Scoot doesn't even have stockings at his place. I do not, no. Confirmed. One thing that, you know, maybe there will be some stockings that are stuffed in the near future. There will never be an elf at the Roush house. Never, (laughs) ever. Not even in a fire. Ain't no way that damn elf is getting over here. What? What's What's the issue with the elf? If If Santa Claus isn't good enough, then sorry. Like we are not doing the elf. It's so like, easy do do nowadays, do you- though, Roush. You can go online, find all these ideas. It's easy to do the elf. Uh, n- no, not elf. Elf on the shelf. No elf in my house. You can <laughs> go never- back to North Pole and get back to work. I'm unfamiliar with the Elf on the Shelf concept, the story, the the, the rules, really. But if if my kid wants to do it one year, then then we'll do the Elf, Mister Grinch. I'm I love doing Christmas activities. There's plenty of I, we we made a gingerbread house um, Sunday night. Like it was great. But, but the Elf on the Shelf is a daily commitment for a month. That is. By the way, and also the elf is creepy. I don't want that little twerp in my house. What about Snoop on the stoop? <laughs> I could go for Snoopy. I'm a big Snoopy guy. Uh, Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a real thing. Different. Snoop on the stoop. 
It's like Elf on the Shelf, but it's Snoop on the Stoop. And he's uh, he's got a little joint in his mouth, which is good for the fun for the whole family. Scoots? Uh, by the way, Roush, you brought up Gingerbread House. I was at Olma's yesterday hanging up her Christmas lights, and she made a comment when I got there about her neighbor. She was like, yeah, I think he's building a gingerbread house. And I didn't know what she was talking about. I thought she was just having a senior moment. And then we go to her back porch to hang lights. And sure enough, her neighbor's building this tiny little house. And so I point at it. I'm like, is that the gingerbread house? And it's just the framework, just the wood that's up. It, and nothing indicates that it's a gingerbread house. And I start laughing. I'm like, oh my, what? why do you think that's a gingerbread house? And she's just like, well, look how small it is. So it's, mm-hmm. the image came in my head of her neighbor actually building a gingerbread house in his backyard. It's no, pretty good. <laughs> question. Do you, do you all eat your gingerbread houses quickly oh, after making them before no. they get stale? It's gross. We we've only like done gingerbread houses maybe once or twice since the wife and I have been together, and I think we we do eat them. But I just remember it always just never going well. It always being more of a hassle, nothing really working or being what it was supposed to be. I feel like we've had bad gingerbread house experiences. The what I learned is from this one, getting the hair dryer out when you're doing your base construction will get the icing to solidify, and then you just do the decorating after it. We kind of had to bring out the hair dryer halfway in, so we couldn't get as decorative as we like to. But when my wife started mentioning, like, well, we can just eat it tomorrow, and I was like, Wait, what are you talking about? Eat it tomorrow, you decorate it, and it just sits there for a month. And then you throw it away, which I don't know which sounds crazier, right? To eat like a stale gingerbread cookie with like a bunch of, because like the coolest looking treats taste the worst most times. So it's like, do you, do you eat the kind of not so good or do you wait until it's really bad and just stare at it for a year? Cause I, I don't think we ever ate hours when we made them as kids. All right. It's all coming. It's all coming back to me. It's all coming back. So what we would do, the reason we ate ours, because they were just crappy. Like they were bad houses. We, we did not do apart. a good job on them. So it was just like, yeah, let's eat it. I think if you make a good one, you do leave it out as like a decoration and you don't eat it. Because okay. like it's not, it's not good food anyways. Yeah. Like it's not yummy little treats. I think like the concept of a gingerbread house from, I mean, I, when do we think a gingerbread house was invented or like became a thing? It feels Victorian. Right, uh, doesn't it? I mean, it's something that it could end up being like 19th century, or it could be like 1950s. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It, one like of the it, two. Sure, but <laughs> yeah. like if it, even if regardless of what it was, I'm sure when it was concepted, it was basically like, hey, you get to eat the candy, and you build it, mm-hmm. and it's really yummy. And now it's like, all right, if we want good candy, it's not ones you build, you eat in the that you can make in the form of a house. Like all the best candies, really all the best foods. None of it you can construct into houses, right? Like I'm I'm not eating any piece of gingerbread unless it's in the month of December because gingerbread is awful. <laughs> totally true. Good. Yeah, totally true. But like I enjoy good fried chicken. I, I don't, you don't see me making a little house out of fried chicken. Obviously, you just <laughs> eat it. You just eat food that's good. You build stuff with things. That's why you play with your food because if it was good, you'd eat it. So, uh, point being. Leave it out. Leave it as a decoration. Point for Roush. Another L for Brooks. They're really stockpiling well, lately. But here's the other thing, too. I'm definitely going to lose whenever Duke asks me, like, Dad, can we eat it? And, like, am I 
Oh gosh, that's a great point because like a kid doesn't know that like in three weeks you're still not supposed to eat that bad boy. Yeah, I could literally <laughs> see a toddler just for like three weeks straight, just like, wait, I thought there was an M&M here. I thought we had a Skittle here. What happened to the Twizzler chimney? And you just <laughs> do each and every time, just like putting another piece of candy into his mouth. That's a good point. You'd have to put it out of kid reach, which, uh, you know, who cares? Do whatever y'all want. By the way, yeah. the gingerbread houses started in the 16th century in Germany. How about that? Wow. That's wild. I wouldn't have guessed 16th century, Maybe. but that's that's crazy. Gosh, that what, what's crazy. what's it say about like the early 16th century gingerbread houses? Uh, it didn't really say much. It did say that it spread to Britain in the 19th century. So it's slowly okay, started so it's making its way toward us. Yeah. Did it, it, did it have Christmas origins originally? I would imagine so. Yeah, Germans are pretty pretty into Christmas. Hey, if you all just... for the Germanic tribes, Christmas. Um origin stories are wild like just traditions i mean that the amount of like ghosts that were involved like there's just some fun especially in germany i don't know what it is scoots about uh, your fatherland but there's a lot of weird stuff that your 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 ancestors used to do back in the day no doubt especially I, when it came to holidays no doubt I'm a happy happy catholic over here but i mean just the the holiday itself is celebrating the birth of a baby from a virgin mother oh yeah yeah that's weird um it also was like it was only put on this day because it was a pagan day of worship and they're like ah we'll make it easy like let's just put it on the same day loop it together yeah yeah (laughs) yeah we already got it on the calendar like you all were doing it we were doing it like let's just now we're all doing it yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. it easier for everybody. Let's do some text, and then we'll get into the Miami-UK talk. 502-414-1450. I'll try. Yeah, uh, Scoots, did you end up sending over, not sending over the first text, segment text? Uh, you told me not to, so I didn't. I did. I, I did. I'm just, but I guess what I'm asking is, like, the ones that we didn't get to yet, did you send over? No. Shut okay. up. I can. Right. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. We're good. Um, I don't know how many of Say's texts we read or not, but Say, Trevor's friend, he texted into the Thornton's text line. He says, TJ, all true. It was great. Kentucky's the best team Louisville played this season, and they lost. Yes, Kentucky's better than Notre Dame. Louisville will be just like Notre Dame. If they made the playoffs, they would get routed. Uh, yeah, I do think Kentucky was the best team Louisville played this season, and they lost. And that just, again, speaks to U L's overall schedule. Um, all right. Uh, I wanted or the, these – we're in the first segment, too. John here, good day, game day morning. Wow, this is an early important game for the season for the Cats tonight. On the statistics side of basketball, the Cats are the better team than Miami. Give me the Cats by 12 and a team MVP in this one. We'll got to go talk to you later. Team MVP, John. We don't like to see those. Another texter says, I think UK needed it. Their season teetering on being an utter failure. Yeah, we lost, but we're still playing for a Power 5 conference championship and an Orange Bowl. You can't overlook a desperate team and the ball and whistle bounce their way. I, you, I mean, you all, have, you all have lost four straight. Louisville lost four straight. I, I think that any of their fans for four years have been talking about how much L needed this one. You can make a case that Kentucky and Roush thought this to potentially be the case, that the locker room had been lost in Kentucky and that they had, some folks had maybe given up on the season. I think with a rivalry game being the last game of the season, it, it, it gives you some extra motivation there. But 
the, gosh, that was another funny moment yesterday for Trevor. He just kept saying, it was their Super Bowl. It was their Super Bowl. Like, they, you they, literally had that quote. You had a coach. Your coaches. You had a, Trevor is just the, the reason he's just such a beautiful creature. Yeah, that was one of his big talking points was saying how it was UK Super Bowl when you literally had an assistant coach with the make headlines saying this is our Super Bowl. The the, the like the finger pointing about who it means more for who care like it means it more for matter. me. It means it more for TJ Walker. That's who it means more for. I hate losing to U of L. I never want Kentucky to lose to Louisville. Beat them every year. So that's like. This idea of like, oh, it meant more for him, so who really even cares? Then keep losing, Bozo. Keep taking the L's for all I care. I'll take the wins, you take the L's, and as long as you don't care about it, I do, then everybody's happy in that regard. And then another hilarious thing Trevor kept saying yesterday, Roush, was he – he was, I guess he was just trying to like pour salt in the wound of Kentucky fans or make an initial cut, or he was just trying to like twist the knife in a UK fan. And he's be like, Yeah, Stoops accepted the AM job, but then they they fired him. So he had to come crawling back with his tails between his legs. I hope you all want a coach that left you. And I was like, I just thinking to myself, Trevor, U of L literally brought back a coach that left them for another tenure as a head coach. Another another stint everything that he was saying was just so hilariously hypocritical but poor trevor just couldn't quite wrap his brain around it saying that it was kentucky super bowl you had a coach come out and say it was your super bowl Ugh, mark stoops you all had to welcome him back because he had nowhere else to go and he he wanted to leave you all brought back a coach that left you you oh, yeah. you dingus and but I did actually text that bit to Trevor because, like I said, he's good at he's good at invoking emotion. I texted him. I was like, Trevor, you all brought you you have to realize you all brought back a like the thing that you're saying is what you all actually did. And Stoops never accepted the A and M job, so it's obviously not even comparable. But you, what you're saying is something that actually happened to you. And he said, Yeah, and you saw how that worked. <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah. U of L was idiots for hiring Bobby Petrino again, and it blew up in their face. Jokes on Kentucky somehow? Oh, Trevor's funny. He's a funny cat. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. A texter says, good morning, guys. A good analogy for Trevor on the SEC-ACC is like settling for a Kia ACC championship or on putting a large down payment on a Mercedes. I was listening to another little bit of a U of L show, and they were really mad that the ACC doesn't have a dome. Roush, it's disrespectful to the ACC that they don't get to play their game in a dome. And I, I was thinking to myself, all right, what dome are you going to in the ACC? Atlanta's booked. Sorry, buddy, can't go there. And then Miami, no. Sorry, all your cities stink, and nobody wants to play football in them. Yeah, I don't. Also. The only games that are played in domes are the SEC Championship in Vegas. I mean, and Vegas wasn't even a thing until recently. Isn't the Big oh, no, 12 Championship game in Jerry World? Yeah, and Big Ten. Oh, wow. So they really are a poverty conference. Yeah, they're playing out in the rain. The thing is, though, they don't have a dome that they could go to. Atlanta's the only like footprint city that they have, and the SEC's already there. Miami's open. I guess they could go to like Tampa if they wanted to. But nobody would go though. <clears throat> Playing the baseball stadium, that'd be pretty fitting for that I mean, pathetic conference of theirs. Go to the trap. 
All right, this is uh, the text that was a little bit before the, the first segment, but I do want to get to, I'm letting it cut ahead of the line. A texter, John in Lake Forest says, took my seven-year-old to rough Friday night for her first game. Had a blast. Lex Live was great. The crowd was great. The game was a blast. We're going back tonight, and I don't think she's ready for this one. Best home crowd I've experienced was against number one Florida in 2003. Total beatdown by the Cats, and I felt like, and I feel like it again tonight. Cats by 10 plus. John and Lake Forest. John, you seem like a great father. Those are awesome memories. And Roush, I do love like the father. I, I don't think, I don't know if he did this on purpose or not. He may just have season tickets for all I know. He, he does live in Lake Forest after all. John, I'm kidding. But like you're, you took your daughter to that Friday game, which UK put up 118 points. Roush, it looked like a lively crowd. It didn't look like a hostile environment or anything like that. It just, it, you know, looked like a fun, hey, UK score and we're clapping. Woohoo, we like basketball sort of deal. I wonder what your seven year old is going to think from Friday night to tonight because it's going to be day, it's going to be day and night. Like tonight's going to be, tonight's going to get after it. And then next texter who texted in just about 15 minutes before we came on the air said, Your thoughts on Rowdy Rupp? Which is the hashtag Rowdy Rupp movement? Which Roush, I, I'm I'm wondering if you have like an old man take on this. No, I mean I don't. I think it's going to be a good atmosphere. I don't think it's dependent on hashtags. Like I think they're just playing a good team, so Rupp Arena <laughs> will be on their feet. Yeah, no, that's I, I I agree with that that sentiment. I like it too. It's a movement from the Rup to No Good podcast. We're fans of theirs. Make sure you check them out. I think they after we get off the air, feel free to and of course after you listen to our replay, of course, seven to nine is the live show, nine to eleven the replay podcast. Um, anywhere you get your podcast, just search for Kentucky Roll Call. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're all on all the fun social media we made an instagram post yesterday i think our most likes ever on an instagram post yesterday so no big deal uh that was scoots photo work and handwriting uh it was very offensive that mike rutherford said well i know it wasn't tj because it wasn't terrible (laughs) handwriting so that hurt my feelings um but that was fun so you can follow us on all those social media sites but the rup to no good guys they've started this hashtag rowdy rup they want rup arena to just be bonkers tonight and i'm all for it i appreciate the movement anything to make atmospheres better why not i will say this though like rup was going to be awesome tonight regardless i think you all can take it to another level and that's exciting but rup for big games is always good there's never yeah. been a Big game that Rupp wasn't good for. The Kansas game last year was a loss. And I think it was basically kind of a buffer zone game almost from start to finish where Kansas just kind of had like this four-point lead. And even still, like the atmosphere was great throughout the entire game. Um, For big games, Rupp is really good. If you wanted to do a rowdy Rupp movement, you should try it for like a bad game, like for a game that's going to have like a terrible atmosphere and see if you can just make a difference for a random game. That would be much more of a challenge and you could actually get like more of a payoff potentially. I mean, Kentucky did just go to overtime with St. Joe's not too long ago. So that would, I think, would be more of a challenge. But Rupp's going to be, bo- it's going to be insane tonight. Roush, I think there's Rupp Arena tears. You can do hyperbole and say that was the loudest Rupp's ever been. Well, prove it. You can't. It's all opinion, it's all just based on people who were there and what you thought and what you experienced. But I do think there's, I do think there's tears or there's levels. And I do, like UNC, the, the wall game, that was a that was a level 10 game. Doesn't get any better than that. The Davis block game, that was a level 10 game. Didn't get any better than that. When UK and Grady and, and Matt, or not Maxie, but Grady and Wheeler and 
Ty Ty, when they beat Tennessee, that was a level 10 atmosphere. Like just, you know, to the 2003 Florida game that this texter's talking about, that was a level 10 atmosphere. I think we get level 10 tonight. I think we get as good as it as Rupp Arena sure. can get. And that's going to be a lot of fun. And I do think uh, that you're going to get this freshman breaking out moment that the rest of the college basketball world says, oh boy, like watch out for the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, it's um, I love the 7.30 start time. That's a nice, fun little wrinkle. I, I think it's going to help people actually get there earlier, so there will be a little bit more buzz in the air than normal. Um, and we need to take our final break, but I, it is really setting up. You, I, I know you mentioned it yesterday, and you tweeted about it too. This should be a lot of fun for a casual college basketball fan. This has all the makings of a lot of – Yeah, and the national media is hardly even freaking talking about it. Like, you will not get a better perimeter guard matchup. You have a perimeter guard matchup. You won't get a better guard matchup in college basketball this season than this game tonight. I mean – That's pretty awesome. That's pretty exciting. That's a big-time college basketball game. Endure Purdue versus Tennessee last week. They're like, Maui, number four versus number three. It's going to be a big game. And then it's just – Foul, 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 foul. Uh, that was that was not like that's why people don't watch the sport is because of that game. We're gonna get the opposite end of that spectrum tonight with the talented guards from both Kentucky and. Well, don't freaking jinx it, jinxy cat. Well, but it, even if it becomes a foul, 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 like it's like Kentucky's pretty good at fouls, right? Shooting them. Uh, not as good as we should be. Uh, it should be better. I, I think that we should be good. We haven't really shown it so much as of – I think there's been like one or two games where we were really good. Some other games where we've left some out there. But I will actually say you're right because depth is a huge, like, Wukash, huge advantage for Kentucky. And at the guard position at least – Inside, it's basically a wash where if Omir gets in foul trouble for Miami, they're going to be in trouble. If Trey Mitchell gets in foul trouble for Kentucky, UK is going to get in trouble. Front court is both thin for both teams. Backcourt, however, gosh, I need to pull up. There's, you know, you think I'd have that stuff ready to go. Basically, Miami has five guys. Their starters average, I think, all over 10 points a game. Correct. And then, and then it's nothing. It is literally nothing. And I think they have five guys that average like over 26, 27 minutes a game. And then after that, it is nothing. They have, they, yeah, you're right. It's five over 27 minutes per game. Um, and then their five starters are all like, it's basically all 15 or more except for Bensley Joseph. Um, so yeah, Vincent Joseph is good, but like if there is, if they do call it ticky tack, which I don't want, and it wouldn't be fun for college basketball, it wouldn't be good for the pace of play. This should be really up and down. The over should hit in this game. Um, but if they do, that's gonna, that's gonna hurt Miami more than it's gonna hurt UK. But on the flip side, I mean, Miami's gonna get to the line plenty. Um, there are going to be free throws in this game. I just hope it's not a foul fest. I think there is like this fine line there. And also, this is something that I'll just guarantee it's going to happen. Set your watch to it. It may happen on UK's end too, because cats have a little secret weapon in this area as well. UK will foul at least one Miami three-point shooter, maybe two plus. <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen, and it's going to be so annoying. That being said, Dillingham is so much fun to watch on – 
getting fouled on three pointers. One, he seems to make them. Two, he like it's 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 kind of the move that we hate when other teams do, but it's kind of fun to see somebody that can work the system like Dillingham can on our end, where it's kind of like you're kicking your leg out, you're falling down. Some mm-hmm. you, you're so like flailed out there that somebody's gonna make contact with you. Uh, but he's good at it, and it's fun to watch. But just be ready for that. Miami's going to get fouled on a three-pointer. Hopefully, it's not. Uh, hopefully, it's not the end of the world. What'd you make a UK Open as a six and a half point favorite, Scooch? That seemed high to me. It does seem high, and I, I kind of wanted to bring up the over/under because you teased that earlier. You said it opened at one sixty-three and a half, but that number's gone up. Is that correct? Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought it was 163 and a half, and I thought when I looked this morning it was 164. If those are wrong, correct me, please. I, yeah, I haven't looked quite yet, but I, I don't know. I just I don't see a world where that number goes over. And, and you seem pretty confident that it will, but I don't know. I'm just seeing like a 75-71 type of game. I just I don't know that they get close to that number. And, and, and it's, it's, number? I just feel like it's inflated because you just saw Kentucky score 118, but this isn't – this isn't Marshall. You know what I mean? Ten, you, Miami's a good team. They're going to be better defensively. Well, so I, I think Kentucky wins. I do think the number six and a half is too high, and I think the over-under t- total is too high as well. So this is not me disagreeing with you, Scoots, but I will um, give you some numbers because right now Kentucky is ranked third in the country in scoring. Miami's ranked 10th. Kentucky is the number six team in Ken Palm. Miami is the number 11 team in Ken Palm. That's when it comes to offensive efficiency. Um, these are two of the best offensive teams in all of college basketball. Oh, and do you know what Miami ranks in defensive efficiency, Scoots? No, hit me. 101. Where, where's Kentucky at in those numbers? 66. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean. It, it, like, I, I'm, I, that's what I mean, though. I'm not disagreeing with you because I do think first – or th- this is Kentucky's second big test. Miami hasn't really had one yet. But asking two teams to score in the 80s to get your over to hit is asking for a lot. So that's why I'm ultimately probably just going to stay away. Because statistically speaking, these teams had the chops to do it. But do you trust them in a big moment to be able to? Well, it's kind of like it, it reminds me a lot of when I'm l- watching Big Ten football. And you get an over-under for, say, Illinois-Wisconsin of like 46. And you're like, what? These teams haven't scored 46 all year, but then you got to think, well, their defenses are bad, offenses aren't really all that great, so the number ends up going over and you're like, how the heck did that happen? So, I could I don't know. I, when it comes to this game tonight though, I just I expect a classic college basketball game, as TJ would say, buffer zone type of game within 5 points either way the whole night. And I, I just I really think it's going to be a battle and the only way I see that overhitting is if we get an overtime. Interesting, interesting. I did want to bring up, you mentioned Big Ten totals. Shout out to Nebraska and Iowa for Jeez. missing a bunch of field goals to get that under 25.5 to cash. Under 25.5 cash in a college football game on Black Friday. What a joke. Crazy. Wild times. Wild times. I'm still flabbergasted. Scoots thinks a team that has, two teams that have amazing guards can't get to like 85 points apiece. No, I just – I. I I honestly, I expect the defenses to step up tonight because Kentucky, we know, has the great, great defensive pieces. Now they haven't shown that they're quite not, yet. They're not but, good. Yeah, but, don't. They're, but they're talented, TJ, and they've got athleticism. <laughs> and and you never know when that defense is going to come out. So I, I don't, I don't. You, you can you can tell me I'm wrong tomorrow. Like I'll have egg on my face, but I just I don't see a world where this game goes over. I really don't. Uh, it, yeah, it. <laughs> They're not 
Miami's not good defensively. They're not great. And I, I don't think Kentucky's going to be a great defensive team. Maybe once you get your bigs back, maybe Uganda is just such a freak shot blocker. It just changes everything the way that you play that I reserve the right to change that opinion for chapter two of this UK basketball season. But chapter one is not a good defensive team. That's okay. They're an amazing offensive team They're, and they play really hard defensively and they take risk. And so you're going to naturally, you're going to, you're going to miss on some, they go for steals. Sometimes you're just going to whiff and you're going to be end up playing four on five or three on five defensively. And you're going to give up a basket. Uh, they, they, I don't think they guard the perimeter all that well. There's a couple guys that get a little lost off the ball, but I think they're pretty good on the ball defenders. So, uh, yeah, I just don't think they're that great of a defensive team. That's okay. Maybe they'll get there. But Miami's going to put up points today. I think you can get Miami's total at 78 or 77 or something like that. Oh. I went ahead and threw a, threw a few coins on that bad boy. No, I'll go ahead and take the under on that as well. I'm telling you right now. It's, and, and one other thing that I wanted to mention is You Kentucky, know what? Put your money where your mouth is. Why don't we skip the juice and you guys just have a little radio <laughs> show? Yeah. Yeah. There you let's, go. let's do it. I'm right here. Let's do I'm it. I'm right here. No, but uh, we, one other thing I wanted to mention is, is Kentucky's coming off of a 118-point performance, as we know. So – and I don't want to look at it this way, but how many shots did they leave out there that they'll they'll hit tonight? You know, so that that total on the over under, you're you're counting on a bunch of shots to go in. Whereas, yeah, these teams have been efficient offensively, but can they have a game where they're not hitting all those shots? Sure, absolutely, and that's what I expect. All right, we'll you, see. We I can't. Think you're we can't totally, get totally, totally wrong. We can't get back to back super fun Kentucky games, and that's that's what it comes down to for me. If we see that offense again tonight, and they put up a hundred points on this Miami team, hell yeah, I'm in. Sign me up. That was a lot of fun on they're, Friday. They're a fun team. They yeah, put up points, I agree. and Miami's a fun team, and they put up points too. I, it's a big number, like for a college basketball game. I get that, Scoots, but I, I just don't see this one being like seventy. 370, 70, you know, I expect if one team doesn't get in the eighties, I'll be shocked. And I think both of them, I think both at least get in the eighties. Um, yeah, I've, I did my Roush. I did. I took the over on pretty much all the Miami player point props. Yeah, there we go. And they're going to have big nights and they, that may be legitimate. They, they, they probably will. I think there's going to be a lot of points going to be a lot of scoring. This game's going to have plenty of runs on it. So if UK's up by like eight and Rupp's rocking and rolling, don't get too excited because uh, Miami will go on a run. And if the Cats get down, don't don't worry. They'll they'll have a good chance at a comeback. Roush, did you know I was at the other UK-Miami game at Rupp Arena? Really? Back in, what, 2001? No, 08. The 08 game they lost? 2008, correct, yes. Yeah. Little high school TJ went up to Rupp. I was very excited for this game. And speaking of the Cats getting down, UK down 20 at halftime in that game. I looked up the box score because somebody tweeted us about it. Um, but I remember Kentucky being down. I did not remember it being 20 at halftime. And yeah. then this is, a crazy, this is a crazy box score. First off, Jack McClinton for Miami, he torched us with 23 points. We had no answer for that dude. He was dominant. Secondly, a lot of fun names on this UK team. My boy DeAndre Liggins balled out, but unfortunately did he had 18 points, seven rebounds, five assists. He was doing a little bit of everything, playing some point guard for old Billy Gillespie back then. Oh, eight from three, which was a bad night for my boy. Uh, I, I, I didn't like that. Even Jody Meeks, two of 12 from three. 
uh, that night for UK basketball. A two of twenty three shooting night for UK, and that Miami team that went on to win by six. So UK did make a furious comeback, but it did come up unfortunately a little bit short. Jimmy Graham played seventeen minutes for the Hurricanes. Yes, future and yeah. former. Uh, NFL star Jimmy Graham played in that game for Miami. So I think he might still UK be in the lost. league. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Good point. Uh, people forget that. Me, I forget that. <laughs> but Miami actually had a decent amount of fans for that game in 08, if I remember correctly. So I wouldn't be shocked. That was a, I think that was a Saturday, though. I wouldn't be shocked if they had a few folks there tonight as well. But it's going to be a great atmosphere. I'll be there. And when we return, we talk about what I order net at Jeff Ruby's in the final segment of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen, Nick Roush. We'll be back after this. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM. 1450 AM, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Tuesday. One final segment, still very cold, windy, not super fun outside. So make sure you're dressed appropriately uh, for your day. And, you know, one thing that will warm you up, Roush, is some queso from Salsaritas. Oh, yeah. Uh, Maybe some hot salsa. Um, I also appreciate the guacamole. They've got it all at Salsaritas, along with their wildly addictive chips that will Keep you full all holiday season long. Just stop by either one of their two locations. They got one in St. Matthews in a convenient drive-through off Shelbyville Road in Middletown. Stop on in, warm up up with some salsaritas today. Uh, TJ, we've already got roofers uh, out on the roof, a couple doors down, and man, I I think I would rather be in this though than when it's a hundred degrees outside in the summer. Um, but either way, the, the the salt mines of the, the blogosphere are not as near as difficult as what they do. So. Yeah, you're out in the elements sometimes. So, uh, yeah, getting hit by sprinklers. Uh, that's fun. Um, I want to – I, I got to promote things, right? We had one texter say, what was Roush's quota on KSR Plus tweets yesterday? It was uh, three, to answer your question. Um <laughs> It's weird. Sometimes when you have uh, bosses, they tell you to do things, so you do them. I will say that, like at some point, though, it just needs to be like, "Hey, here's what the scoop we've got. It's behind a paywall. If you can't read it, we've done a million promotions. Sign on up, buddy." Yeah, just I mean, kind of. But um, I, it was it was a site like a uh, every on three network did it yesterday because uh, yeah, things are getting crazy with the portal and- uh, season coming up. You know little thing called Cyber Monday, folks. Pretty big in the yeah, internet every, business. Every, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're on the internet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I did uh, want to mention, before we get back to the text on, though, Thornton's text on fuel today, um, 
UK Volleyball and UofL Volleyball both got two seeds in the NCAA tournament. UofL's against Pitt is their one seed, and Kentucky's got Nebraska as their one seed. And I Boom. I feel like they, they play in the Elite Eight every year, and it's just like, all right, well, it's going to be a great year if they win that game, and it's going to be eh, if they don't. Uh, seven straight SEC championships for the UofL Volleyball team, or UK Volleyball team, sorry. Yeah, they started the year, I think, like two and seven or something along those lines and incredibly difficult schedule. They played pretty much all the best teams all throughout the country, including Louisville, including Pittsburgh twice, including Nebraska. Let's not worry about the records in in those games. Oh, oh and four. But they played the toughest schedule early on. They learned from those games. And then when they played mostly inferior opponents in the SEC. They just breeze through the conference like they normally do under Craig Skinner. And they, I think they only dropped one, one game. And besides that, I think like an 18 and one conference record, something just maybe 19 and one, just something absolutely silly. And they're ready to rock and roll. I think they've got a pretty favorable draw. They'll host the first weekend at Rupp Arena, which what does that mean for the Rupp Arena floor, the new basketball court at UK? I would love to see a new floor tonight. By the way, oh, yeah. will I be a, will I be a little disappointed if not? Uh, yeah, I, I think I will rationally be a little disappointed if UK Miami, a game that has like all of the college basketball world watching it, and you still get those stupid blue blocks for one more game. And don't they use a court, a different court for the NCAA tournament, anyways, for volleyball? Like, isn't Probably. it something different? I, I'm not buying the the configuration of the courts don't match up. It's a court. I don't, why is it only Kentucky in the history of floors that have an issue with basketball courts? Regardless, not the biggest thing in the world, but I'd like to see a new court tonight that add to the environment, that add to the atmosphere. I'm excited for volleyball. They can figure out the court thing when that time comes. Okay, that being said, looks like a pretty favorable draw besides getting Nebraska. But if you make it that far and you lose to Nebraska, Roush is right. Like, you know, what, what can you do? You kind of shrug your shoulders and say, eh, all right, maybe, maybe next year. Um, Seven straight SEC championships. Is there a better program in, on campus right now? Wow. Uh, probably what, not. And they've got the most recent national championship, except for, I think, for the rifle team. Yep, not, nobody's been more dominant than them. Um, and the SEC was actually pretty good this year, too. Out, like It used to just be like Kentucky and Florida, but uh, Arkansas was a top-10 team when they beat them to clinch the SEC. And I want to say that A&M had a really good year as well. Uh, so. Yeah, um, I still think that the SEC is not all that great, but who cares, you know? Yeah, yeah it's getting better. Uh, a lot of their a lot of their teams were like ranked. You're right about that, but I think like Louisville has Auburn in their region or like in their pod. Or and I was just like they would they would sweep Auburn. Auburn wouldn't get within ten points in any sets probably. Get out the brooms, baby. Uh, I could be I could be wrong about that. And I'm not a volleyball expert. I'm talking out my butt with this stuff, but nothing new there. Well, what do we got on the Thorn Sex line? Um, that's a great question. I'm not really sure where we left off. Um, was it the uh? Uh, and we're at the, we're just on the first Tuesday text. Oh, okay. Let's remember to troll Rutherford and Trevor hard for the entire week. I'm asking all KRC listeners to text in a suggestion of what to replace the area they used to keep the governor's cup. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> Texture says, Nick, you're sounding cobwebs. Nick, you're sounding emotional. Just play someone. South Carolina, Bama, and even Vandy are willing to play a decent non-conference schedule. Well, look where South Carolina's at this year. Their season's over with.
uh, so is Vandy's. Um, Alabama is Alabama. Like, there's no, there's no point. You're wasting your oxygen. Every so often that, uh, every so often I wouldn't mind like an opening out of conference game in Cincinnati or something like that. Um, but once they, it, once the SEC expands and the schedule will probably eventually expand with it, then yeah, you're not doing it. It's just not happening. A texter says a bit concerned about the change in tone with Big Z. It's now an if he's cleared rather than a win. Pretty annoying. Feel like the kind of thing that only happens with us. And then Cal said in the coaches show last night, Roush, that he is sick again. Yep. Yep. Um, not adjusting well to life in the U.S. of A. Um, I've, I've just kind of just rested my conclusions. Like, and I, I think I was kind of clear about this in the preseason that anything you get from him is really just gravy if anything at all didn't we talk about the potential of him coming here and getting sick because due to our food like he's used to eating a certain sort of way and then he comes here and eats our gross american food gosh i forgot who tweeted i wanted to give him credit for it but somebody tweeted like are we sure that like trey mitchell just isn't poisoning him It's, you know, like, this is insane. How does this dude just keep getting sick? Is he related to you? It's nuts. I'm, I, I'm just, I'm yeah. fine. Does he have a child I, in daycare? You tell me the last, you tell me the last day I took off. Now our household, Scoots, our household, you think maybe Big Z's been hanging out around there. I, I definitely think something's up with Big Z. I'm not buying the sick stuff for what it's worth. I don't care. Like, whatever. It, if he's not cleared, it doesn't really matter, I guess, if he's sick, not sick. But something definitely seems up. I, I do wonder if he suffered an injury that they're just trying to hide. or I, I don't know. I don't know. Something seems up. Dude's just not always sick all the time, though. That being said, if he's not cleared, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I think Cal said that Bradshaw practiced for the first time in five-on-five five yesterday. Right. He was pretty, like, ho-hum, just like, hey, yeah, he looked good. Um, yeah. but, but said he wouldn't play today. Uh, there was actually a message board rumor, by the way, that Big Z is going to get cleared today. I don't know if there's any truth to that whatsoever. I still can't believe he hasn't been cleared, but that rumor has been floating out there, although it was talked about two weeks ago that he was going to get cleared, so I'd be cautious of that. And then with Uganda, I think Cal said that he's hopping and bouncing around and he's looking good. I, I still would be shocked if you saw him at the turn of the calendar and and maybe even longer than that. So there's your big update. It's still going to be the Trey Mitchell show down low for the Cats. I don't hate that anyways. And this could be a big Adutiero game. Uh, Omir is a very physical player, but the good news is he's 6'7". Like, Adu with his length should be bothersome. Adu gives up about 15 pounds, but... Uh, a dude doesn't get pushed around folks so this isn't going to be necessarily like a hunter dickinson situation where hunter was just five inches taller than what uk had as as, as its guarding option that's not going to be the case here so that's good but they do they are they're going to be a little stronger than the cats they're going to be able to maybe use their muscle a little bit more outside of the dude the arrow so dj wagner and uk's guards are going to be have to be ready to play through some bumps and absorb some bumps, and uh, it's going to be a track meet. So I'm excited about it. Get me to Rupp Arena. Scoots, what should I have for dinner tonight? Uh, are you going to Jeff Ruby's? That's that's the rumor on the street. Uh, probably a nice big steak with a baked potato and some asparagus. I think mm. you should get the John Calipari chicken tenders. Not a bad idea. 
Uh, two two good ideas. I, I always feel so obligated to get the steak there, but I'm kind of having a hankering for just doing something a little exotic tonight. Maybe trying their just chicken. Maybe doing a seafood dish, p- potentially. A little, a little salmon? Feel a little, I feel a little froggy. Salmon, that would take some stones that I just don't think I've got <laughs> if I'm speaking – if I'm speaking freely, I don't think I've got that to do that at Jeff Ruby's to get salmon there. I'm sure it's amazing if they even do have it. Do I get the cake uh, for, do I get the big blue cake, which is this ginormous blue cake if you haven't seen it? Cake. Do I get that for dessert? Cake, cake, cake. I don't see why not. Or, will be- or time out. No, you do not get the cake and you save your room for that delicious Rupp Arena ice cream. Ooh, do you want me to bring you back some ice cream from Rupp? I think it may be melted, but yeah. By the way, you all have you all have planted that in my head about this freaking Rupp Arena ice cream. Every time they show somebody on TV, I'm just like, man, bet they're enjoying that world class ice cream. It's overrated, Scoots. Just go to Dairy Queen. It's just <laughs> as good. It's not better. That's not true. It's really good, Scoots. It's delicious ice cream. Yeah, it's soft serve ice cream. It's not like it's gonna give you a, a you know what, but it's. <laughs> Yummy. No, I like don't. It, I it, don't know what. Please explain. You know what? <laughs> you, you know what? I've seen your Twitter likes. You know what? Another texter on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Based on Ulysses' reactions on the sideline, you can tell how invested he is in DJ's success, and he understands that any version of this team could win a title, includes DJ being a lottery pick. Yeah, it, I, I hear you, a texter. I, again, and I think we saw what DJ can – bring to the table on Friday. Not that we didn't think that that we, we knew that he could do that. It was just nice to see him finally be able to do it. I, I just don't want to feel like we have to force an issue when you've got other, if other options are playing well, like I, I don't think you need to keep pushing this button if it's not working and pushing it and pushing it and pushing it when you have other toys that are totally functional and the kids are enjoying playing with them. And those toys being Robert Dillingham and Reed Shepard. Now that being said, if Wagner just was hitting shots, does any like he's got to be on the floor at that point? Nobody's arguing anything otherwise. But it's when he's having just horrible, horrible shooting nights that you say, like, how much longer can you let him keep doing that when you feel like you've got some other options? And that's going to be a question, Roush, we're going to be asking ourselves probably in any UK loss or any game that Wagner doesn't play well in. Yeah. It's just going to be the reality of it. But, but there's going to be nuance to it. It should never just be black and white. Like, did Wagner play well and did UK win? Or did Wagner play badly or poorly and did UK lose? There's going to be nuance to it. Like, what were the other guys doing? Was anybody else hitting shots? What You, you know, were, was foul trouble a factor in it? How were they playing defensively? Was one guy just getting burnt and you couldn't keep him out there? That will, that will play into the DJ Wagner. But that being said, I think UK's best three-guard lineup that we've seen up to this point includes Dillingham, Wagner, and Shepard. And, yeah, that's crazy to think that, like, maybe Antonio Reeves is the odd man out in that group. But I know from a defensive standpoint who's the odd man out between those three. One, one, it's night and day. We, we didn't really touch on it yesterday, but one thing I wanted to add about DJ Wagner is I think the reason you saw him have such a good game on Friday is because he did what we thought he was going to do coming into the season. He was able to slash in the lane, get to the bucket a number of times, and that's what I feel like DJ has to be moving forward. He has to be that guy that gets the penetration, gets to the rim, and gets those easy buckets. He's Well, they're not easy buckets. He, uh, he's he, never make, he makes them look able- easy. He's never not been able to do the first two things that you've said, though. Like, he's been – and that's why you've got to play him to some degree. You've got to see what kind of night he's having. And that's why even when he's 
not shooting well, sometimes you still do have to play him because he pushes the tempo so well that you blink and he's already at the other team's elbow and the defense is just kind of confused. Like, how did we let this guy already get here six seconds into the shot clock, five seconds into the shot clock? His issue is he was finishing like a poor man's Isaiah Briscoe. He was finishing horribly and he couldn't get a bucket to drop. Some of it was just tough luck and bad luck. And then to mix it in, I don't think he's a great shooter to begin with, but none of his outside shots were falling either. So it was this like colossal storm of him just not being able to hit a bucket. But you saw what happens when the other shoe drops on Friday night, Roush. UK scores 118 points. Like I do think that you could almost guarantee between Dilly Reed and Reeves one of those three is going to have a good shooting or scoring night one of them almost guaranteed now of course I say that and who knows and and normally you're probably gonna have two out of those three realistically I just think if you can like lock DJ in to make it three out of four or two out of four or maybe even four out of four then you're just you're not I don't know how you outscore this UK team I just don't know how you can keep up with them and I think DJ's that that extra level that if he's on, then good night. Like it's probably over for you. And that's exciting. Let's keep building towards that. I agree with that texture about you. Sorry to spend so much time on that one. Most interesting playoff scenario for me is Bama SEC champ, Michigan, Texas, Florida state, PAC 12 champ who gets left out. Probably Texas. Is Bama, is Bama a favorite against every potential playoff team other than Georgia? Um, I don't yes. know if they would be against Michigan or not. I think they'd probably be like a point or three point favorite. It'd be close. It'd be it'd be close. It'd be three points that, one way. That or would, another. That's a championship game set up most likely too. Like, I don't. Yeah, it's a, I just don't think if Alabama beats Georgia, people are gonna be like, but this game in September, this game in September, like Georgia's just been the the king of the mountain, and if you knock off that king of the mountain, even if it is in the SEC championship game and not in the playoff, I think you deserve to get a spot in. I just don't know how you leave the SEC champ out of the college football playoff. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, uh, I think they get them, I'll too. Leave out I think undefeated Florida State. But that's I, think Alabama, I think Alabama wins on Saturday, by the way. I'm betting Georgia. I think they get them. I don't know why. I think Georgia's better, too. I just I don't know. I think Alabama's got something for them. A texter says, you can't leave out an undefeated Power 5 champ, period. It's very funny that Kenny says all the same eye-roll post-game stuff that Cal says. It's just they're horrible, so it goes over even worse. Oh, my gosh. I've been saying that since mm. the, the in- introductory press conference. He likes he yeah. does all the little Cal stuff, except he's not as good at it. Why, and- why are we playing this team? Like, oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Kenny, you can't do that. I just can't. <laughs> I, he's done leaving like the I can't hide you thing. And, uh, and then now like Karan Davis isn't even showing up. A texter says, if you all had fewer than three turnovers, it would make sense for Davis to go down – or three timeouts, excuse me, TOs. Uh, if they had fewer than three timeouts, it would make sense for Davis to go down. With three, it's probably best just to score. Well, you could say the exact opposite of that, though, that like make them burn their timeouts. They're going to get a last heave out of it regardless, a last chance at it. Don't let them have timeouts in their pocket. But I, nobody's going to blame Ray Davis for running that ball in. Nope. Um, Roush is right. Go make go make Plummer beat you. What was that? Sorry, Roush. I was just congrat uh, Ray Davis going to the NFL draft. You got this, dude. Um, I figured we got to do some pregame predictions. Can't oh, can't think of a coach less likely to get into broadcasting than Mark Stoops. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think he probably would. But I, I thought. I mean, did we think that about Dan Mullen? Like that. We, anybody ever thought that dude was going to get into broadcasting? There's been people in broadcasting that you didn't think would do it. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. Money talks from well, time to time. Pretty good. What do we think happens tonight, boys? Scoots, we'll start with you. Uh, I've already gave you my score prediction. I'm going to stick with that. Cats win 75-71. I think your MVP is going to be a Arrow. I do. Wow. Bold strategy, Cotton. Um, I, I'm worried about our guy, Antonio Reeves, because he's he's not great in these moments. So that's why I think it is going to be a little bit of a more low-scoring game. 82-78, though. Cats get it done, thanks to some more heroics from one Reed Shepard. 90-85, Cats pull it out. I'm worried about this game. I mean, they're Miami's really, really good, but it's going to be high scoring. It's going to be fun. UK pulls it out. Everybody have fun. See you later. We'll talk about it tomorrow. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1458. Things are never